Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the latest late-night edition of the Going Long podcast. I'm your host, Zach Neal. Uh, I am coming to you very late tonight. You're going to get the uh, a bit of a raw, uncut version of the Going Long podcast tonight. Uh, it is currently 1.20 a.m. in Lubbock, Texas. I am back in my hotel room. Just got back in about five minutes ago from uh, Jones AT&T Stadium. 38-30 victory for Oregon. Um, this is – I'm just going to try and do a quick podcast tonight. Just kind of running through the, uh, you know, the main takeaways from the game, some of the quotes from, from Dan Lanning and players afterwards. Um, I'm not going to edit this podcast, and so there's no – Intro music, no cuts, no anything. This is a real, just raw, uncut, um, you know, version of the whole thing. So, um, overall, just general impressions. This is, you know, um, oh, also before I get started, I wanted to say that um, I apologize for my audio quality. Um, I forgot to pack my podcast microphone when coming down to Texas, so I'm just doing this through my headphones. So, um, I know it's not the best audio; it's not like normal, but. Um, it's good enough for tonight. Like I said, raw, uncut. This is what we're getting tonight. It's currently one twenty, and I am exhausted, so I'm going to try and get this done because uh, I've got a flight in seven hours, so we're gonna. <laughs> it's going to be a, a short night of sleep here. Um, back to the game. This was a, it was an interesting one, that's for sure. Um, I'm not the first person to say it. I won't be the last person to say it. It reminded me a ton of the Washington State game last year. Where, you know, early tests um, on the road, very tough environment, very weird kind of team, weird opponent. You know, we always say that weird things happen when you go to Pullman. And, you know, a lot of people say that weird things happen when you go to Lubbock, too. It kind of feels like, you know, Washington State and Texas Tech are are similar in that way. Both Mike Leach stops in the past, um, you know, they just, they have that kind of like strange vibe about them that... Um, you know, don't don't get comfortable when you go there for a night game because some very strange things can happen. And that's what we saw in this game. I mean, Oregon started out, well, the start of the game was, you know, conspicuous, I guess. Texas Tech went up 7 nothing um, after Oregon, Oregon got the ball to start, had to punt. Um, Texas Tech went down and scored, but then it was okay because Oregon got the ball back, scored on a 72-yard pass from Nix to Franklin. That was beautiful. Um, they scored again on the next drive um, on a uh, touchdown pass to Tez Johnson. Um, went up 50-7, to so all, you know, vibes were good for Oregon fans. Then Texas Tech kind of turned it around, and that's when Oregon's offense went sideways a little bit. Um, I was talking to some other, you know, reporters that were with it's It was interesting that you know, what really worked for Oregon in the first couple of drives of the game was that they were taking shots and they were getting vertical, <clears throat> excuse me, vertical in the passing game. And, you know, for some reason, um, I'm, I'm interested to watch the, the replay of this game and see if I can figure out why, but for some reason they went away from that and they started doing a lot of swing passes to running backs and just little short out routes. And, um, you know, they, they got very conservative in the play calling. I don't know if there's something in, in Texas Tech's defense that changed that and kind of caused that, but um, I'd be very interested to see because they they did not run the ball well in this game at all. I think they had, um, let's see, they had, what, 100, 122 total rushing yards. I mean, Bo Nix led the way with 49 rushing yards. Bucky had 40. 
uh, Whittington had 21, and Jordan James had 12. Um, but then you look, and, and Bucky Irving had the most receptions of anyone, and, and Whittington had six, Irving had seven. So the running backs were in the game, but it wasn't in the way that we're accustomed to. They weren't running the ball all over Texas Tech, which is something that I thought they'd be able to do. But, um, you know, just to, to continue recapping the game, Oregon is, what was the halftime score? They were up 18 to 13 and a half, feeling decent about it. You think that, you know, Oregon penalties in the first half were such a big issue. I don't remember the, the first half number. It was nine penalties for, I forget how many yards. They finished with, um, sorry, reading the stat sheet here. I know this is incredible podcasting. They finished with 14 penalties for 124 yards. That's so, 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 so incredibly bad. But there was a feeling at halftime that, you know, if Oregon could clean things up a little bit and, you know, stop shooting themselves in the foot, then they would, you know, even Landing even said this in the halftime interview on the radio, that if they could get out of their own way, they could run away with this game. So when they came out in the second half, there was a thought that, all right, Oregon gets the ball, they can score, they can start to put away this game. What do they do instead? They go three and out, they punt, and Texas Tech goes right down and scores. Um, yeah, they got a touchdown right out to go up 20-18. to 18. Um, Then I believe Oregon – what happened then? Oregon punted or had – yeah, I think they punted. Sorry, I'm not going to look through the notes and find out the exact drive chart. If you're listening to this, you probably watched the game and you know what happened. I'm tired. Sorry about that. Um Anyway, Oregon falls down 27-18. That's the biggest def- deficit of the game. They're down nine. Uh, that's midway through the third. So at that point, you know, things are, are getting pretty tight. You're, I, I think in the press box, the vibe, at least among Oregon beat reporters, was a little bit nervous because we'd seen this play out before. We'd seen this against Stanford in 2021. We saw it against Washington State last year. You know, it's just one of those classic road games where things are starting to go like they shouldn't. And um, you don't really have explanations for it. It's just one of those things where the Ducks are just getting in their own way. We've seen it happen a million times before. Um, Then, fortunately, things started to turn around a little bit. Oregon was able to take a 28-7 lead um, after a couple of nice drives. Stanford, er, uh, sorry, Stanford. Texas Tech goes back on top, 30-28 with a field goal. And then that's when Oregon's big drive came in. They get the ball with 5.09 left. Um, they really, they, Dan said after the game that once they got down to a few minutes left, their goal was to just run the clock out. They were no longer trying to, you know, score a touchdown and, and win this game handily. They wanted to get the clock as close to zero as they could and kick a field goal for the win. Uh, they ended up not being able to run the clock out completely, but Camden Lewis got a field goal, uh, to put them up 31 to 30 with a minute 10 remaining. That's great. Um, Camden, I'll talk about him a little bit in, uh, in a minute. He had some outstanding quotes um, after the game. And if you have read my stuff on Duckswire, listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a, a big, big fan of Camden's. I've golfed with him a few times. He's just an uh, incredibly nice person and, is, and a, a really great quote, really great, great player. His story at Oregon is really great. So the fact that he had that game winning kick. Uh, it was just really, really fun to watch. Game-winning kick until on the next possession, linebacker Jeffrey Bassa intercepted Tyler Shuck and returned it for 45 yards for a touchdown. And Ducks win it 38-30. to 
important for some because, as I've noted on the podcast and uh, on Dark Squire all week, the spread was Oregon minus six and a half. And they were not covering that spread for most of this game until they were. And so when, when Bossa returned that for a touchdown, Lanning said after the game, his instant thoughts were, go down, please go down. You don't need to score. If you go down right now, we win the game. Uh, but Bossa said that he saw green grass and he was going to run. And so Ducks cover the spread. Um, a lot of gamblers are either happy or sad after the game. And that's that. So that's our recap. Let me get into um, some of my biggest takeaways from the day. I have penalties written down. I uh, I wrote or I uh, talked about that a little bit already. Um, that's just something that you know it it can't be that bad for Oregon again. I mean, you're the Ducks are a good team. They can obviously deal with some sort of penalties, but fourteen for one twenty four. Um, it's it's hard to win a game like that when you're just giving the extra the other team an extra 124 yards. Um, there were a few things I think that uh, Josh Connerly, left tackle, got called for three false starts in the game. I asked Landing about that after the game, not Connerly specifically, but about the penalties. He said that um, the defense was using like this cadence, you know, the and sometimes defenses do use cadences, but it eerily resembled Oregon's offensive cadence. So that kind of messed with um, their their offensive rhythm, got them to drop off sides a few times. Um, there were also a lot of pass interference calls where, you know, the defensive secondary, they they struggled a bit. Um, you know, it's not like Tyler Shuck threw it all over. Let's see what he finished with. Shuck went 24 for 40 for uh, 282 yards and three touchdowns. He also had three interceptions. Um, you know, the secondary did all right, but they they had a lot of pass interferences and they really kind of bailed Texas Tech out a lot because they just didn't turn their head around and just didn't look for the ball. They were only focused on their players. So those are two things that really need to be cleaned up um, and penalties in general just have to get so much better. One positive about the game is I think that we really, one of the main things I wanted to see going to this game was the pass rush. I mean, we've, the, the Ducks have such good rushers, edge rushers now with Jordan Birch and Brandon Dorless, Mateo Angela, and Marion Winston. Um, you know, the, the key to this defense is getting after the quarterback because everything builds off of that. I mean, cornerbacks don't have to cover as long. It it flushes the quarterback out. It, it gets linebackers into a spot where they can get after him in a blitz. So um, the pass rush is just so key. And I think the Ducks did really, really well with that tonight. They ended with four sacks. Um, one of them was a, a sack fumble from Jamal Hill. One of them, obviously, like I said, from Brandon Dorless, um, led to, to Tyler Shuck's interception to Jeffrey Bossa, the game sealer. Um, and one of them, actually, Mateo Lillian had his first career sack, but it got called back because of a penalty on Texas Tech. So they really had five sacks in the night. And even more than that, they were just, they were getting after Shuck all night and, flushing him out of the pocket and making him scramble and, and use his legs and, and, you know, do things out of rhythm and out of the offense. So um, I think that's probably my biggest takeaway of the game. One of them at least is that, you know, this pass rush is for real. We didn't see that last week against Portland state because they didn't have the opportunity. Portland state only threw the ball 20 times. And even in those throws, like, they didn't sit back in the pocket, and, and Shashere did not scan the field and look for his receivers. He 
took his drop to three steps, and on that third step, he got the ball out because the one thing Portland State didn't want to do was get injured and ruin their season in a bye game against the Ducks. So um, we saw that different with Texas Tech tonight. I mean, they're a pass-happy team. Shuck took five, seven-step drops and was sitting back in there, there in the pocket. Credit to Texas Tech's O-line. They, they played really well, and they, they gave him a clean pocket a lot of time, but um, Oregon's pass rushers were able to get after him, and I think that bodes really well for the season going forward because, you know, I'm just I'm we finally have seen what these guys can do, and I think they're only going to get better from here. So I think this is a really good start, and it's going to be really meaningful and impactful going into Pac-12 play. Um, I have a few things written down. I don't need to talk about the spread anymore. Um, two things. Let's talk about Camden real quick. Um, God, Camden, he had a couple of quotes. Let me pull this up because um, Eric Scopel tweeted this out. Eric and I were the only ones that interviewed Camden after the game. and um, God, he's just, he's such an incredible quote. It's funny because um, we asked him what it was, you know, what that feeling was like when he's lining up for that game-winning kick and it's it's incredibly loud and it's, I think it's like a 34-yard kick. It's really not a hard one. And his quote, reads is it's kind of funny everyone was cheering really loud and i was just thinking sorry guys this is really going to hurt for you guys to watch there was just no doubt in my mind um that's just kind of the the person that camden is like he he's so confident in himself and he knew he'd had a few field goals earlier in the game so he was you know comfortable and and felt good about that distance and he was just so confident that it was going in that he just kind of and he has that experience and that poise. He was able to sit back and be like, all right, yeah, you guys are having fun now. You really want me to miss this. Uh, sorry, I'm about to ruin your night. Um, and it was cool to hear, hear Dan Lanning talk as well, saying that about just how much confidence he had in him. And that, you know, Camden came to him after they talked in the locker room. And Camden was like, come on, coach. Like, I'm not missing that. Like, it was a 34-yard chip shot. Like, that was that was incredibly easy. So, um I just thought it was a really, really good night for Camden. It was funny. He was talking about the fact that, you know, he he had the game-winning field goal, and that was that would have been the game winner. And then Jeffrey Bossa had the touchdown to, to go on top of that. So he uh, he might lose a little bit of shine for his game winner. So he might have – he said he was going to talk to Bossa about that a little bit. And when I said that to Bossa when we were interviewing afterwards, he thought that was very funny. So um, – just overall, great night for Camden. Very happy for him, and happy that he uh, he's kind of having this this moment in the sun. It's been really cool to see for him after the start of his career. I'm just I'm really happy with how it's gone since then. Uh, the last thing I have written down is just you know the importance of this game is just win. You know it it was ugly. It was really ugly at times. The Ducks did not look as dominant as I think a lot of people wanted them to. Uh, we came into this game really hoping that they would put it on Texas Tech. Um, the point spread, like I've talked about a million times, it actually went down to four and a half right before the game ended, or before the game started, which, you know, like I said, credit to Vegas. They know, um, you know, if it weren't for that late touchdown from Bassa, the, the pick six, then, you know, Texas Tech was going to cover that spread. And I don't know how Vegas knew. I don't know how... Vegas foresaw Oregon having 14 penalties and getting in their own way and this being an actual close game. But, um, yeah, what do we always say? Vegas always knows. And we're always made to look very stupid. So I'm, I'm thankful for Bossa um, finishing that out and, and not going down and getting us that, uh, that point spread cover. But back to the just win point. 
um, you know, it, it doesn't matter in week 12, week 13, when we're hopefully talking about the college football playoff or the Pac-12 championship, you know, the, the score is going to remain the score and the win, the W is going to remain a W in the win column. Um, we're not going to be thinking about all of the, the penalties and the miscues and all of that for Oregon. We're going to be talking about how they went to Lubbock and beat what I think is a pretty good Texas Tech team. Well, what I think is a team that can actually have some success in the Big 12 this year. Um, you know, Oregon is now major Texas Tech fans as the year goes on because they want Texas Tech to look as good as possible. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's important that Oregon was able to go into Lubbock and and pull out this victory and uh, such a hard-fought victory when they were down. You know, it says a lot that you could go into a place, get down by almost double, double digits, get down by two scores, and keep your composure and fight back. And Lanning talked about that after the after the game, that he was just really impressed that, you know, there was never any panic on that Oregon sideline. They always felt really confident that they could just keep living in the moment and focus on that next play, not focus on what's the end result of the game, not focus on what had already happened, but just focus on winning that next play. And, um, you know, I think that's a, that's a great mindset. We've seen this team do this a couple of times in Lanning's tenure. Uh, like I said, we saw it with Washington state last year when they came down, came back from, I think it was 11, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, but you know, it's just, it, it was an impressive win without it. It was an impressive win because it wasn't an impressive win, if that makes any sense at all. Um, you know, you got to win ugly games sometimes. That's Football is not always a pretty sport. You're not always going to score 81 points. Um, sometimes you're going to have to grit out uh, uh, what I thought was going to be a 31-30 to win in Lubbock and, you know, really, really grit it out and just be a tough team. And they did that tonight. I think they... Uh, I think they'll be able to use this experience going forward because, you know, there's going to be some tough times later in the season against teams like Washington or USC or Utah or Oregon state, or even Cal. I mean, there's, I could go on and on in the PAC 12 because a lot of really good PAC 12 teams this year, they've looked really good. Um, and they're, they're going to have to face some tough times in those games and, and look back and say, Hey, we were down in Lubbock and one of the toughest environments we'll play all year against a, what I think is a pretty good team. And we came back from nine. We didn't panic. And uh, we, we found a way to win. So I think that's really valuable experience going forward. Um, and I hope it's something that the, the team can carry forward. <clears throat> all right. That is going to do it for this uncut version of the podcast tonight. Um, I hope the audio was okay. Um, I hope I didn't ramble too much. I went, you know, completely... No notes off the dome, just me and a stat sheet, deliriously tired and dreading having to wake up in a few hours to get an Uber to the airport. So um, I will get this out tonight. Again, like I teased a couple of days ago, I've got a special guest coming on Tuesday. Um, I think that podcast will probably drop Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon. Um, but we will break down the Texas Step game, preview a little bit of the Hawaii game, I guess. I don't really think that's going to be much of a game but we'll look at just the, the season going forward and what's supposed to be, what's expected to be a really, really fun Colorado game in week four. So um, thank you guys for tuning in and listening. I don't have my uh, script in front of me, but um, if you want to follow along, go to duckswire.usatoday.com. Follow me at Zachary C. Neal on Twitter. I will talk to you guys on Tuesday or Wednesday. Until then, take it easy.